I've got to tell you, I broke a rule today, though. A personal rule. Don't eat before you preach. I ate. <laughs> and if you were over with us at breakfast this morning, I ate a lot, and you know why, because there was a bunch of good food over there. Thank you so much to the ladies that prepared all that. Let's give them a round of applause. And guys, and guys. Absolutely phenomenal breakfast, and uh, I don't regret it. I feel a little bit better um, having a little food in my belly uh, today. Do It Today has been our theme this year, and will continue to be after today as well. So many things that we've talked about that we know as Christians that we need to do today, not just wait for tomorrow, not just wait till next year, but to actually capitalize on today. We've talked about kindness. We've talked about reconciliation. We've talked about forgiveness. We've talked about resolving our issues in life, amongst many other things. We've talked about having fearless faith. We've talked about our responsibilities. Again, we're going to continue to do that as the year goes on. But today I've got good news for you. I've got really good news for you. He did grow that tree that he knew would be used to make that old rugged cross. But you know what else God did? He created that rock that he knew that they would carve a tomb out of. He created that rock that they knew that they would use to block the door, the entrance to that tomb. He created that stone that would be rolled away. Ladies and gentlemen, Christ lives today. And not just on Sunday and not just on Monday and not just on uh, last week. He lives every single day. He lives in us. He lives literally. I want you to understand this. When we talk about he lives, we're going to talk today about three ways that I think that Christ lives today in our lives. But I want you to also understand that I believe that Christ literally rose from the grave. His body got up and walked out of that tomb. He appeared to his over 500 of his followers, like it says in 1 Corinthians, as well as Peter and the other disciples and the Marys, as we saw in the video earlier. I think that was spot on, a whole bunch of Marys, right? <laughs> he appeared to all of them, literally. And then he literally, not just figuratively, literally rose up to the sky and said, I'm coming back one day. Because I got even better news for you than the fact that he died for your sins, the fact that he lives again, that he rose again. Folks, he's coming back. He's coming back for us. That's why we've got to make sure that he lives in us today. So when we talk about how important is this resurrection that we, we really focus on today, really it's what we should focus on every day. So often we focus on that cross. Man, that cross is so, so important that symbol of Christianity, that cross, to remember the sacrifice that Jesus Christ gave for you and for me, for all mankind. I think about this. We were, we were studying this last Wednesday from the book of Romans. When Jesus died, he took the punishment for every person that ever existed. You see, just one sin in your life, just one sin without Christ, and you're lost. You're lost. And nobody has gone without sin. No, not one. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glory, except Jesus. And because of that, his sacrifice for you, for me, for all, wow, so very important. But you know what? It would be meaningless without the resurrection. I'm so glad that Coy chose to read that verse today because 
that verse from 1 Corinthians 15 because I wanted to read the whole thing. And you didn't want to bore you all with sitting here and going through slide after slide after slide. I just picked one, verse 17. This is how important the resurrection is. And, Koi, thank you. You covered it already. If Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless. And you are still guilty of your sin. Whoa! Did you all hear that? If he had not been raised, your faith is what? Useless. It's futile. It's existentialism at its finest. It means nothing. And you're still guilty of your sins. You're lost. Lost. Not just a little lost. Not just some lost. We're talking about totally separated from God, lost without the resurrection. But folks, once again, I say I've got good news for you. He's alive. He rose from that grave. That resurrection did indeed happen. And thanks to that, thanks to the sacrifice, thanks to the perfect life, thanks to the fact that God loved us so much that he gave his son, thanks to the fact that Christ humbled himself and came to the very earth that he created, we have resurrection and we have salvation. That's why we go now to verse 57. Thank God. He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, indeed, that deserves an amen. amen. Victory. That word, I love it. I love that word victory, don't you? Yesterday, our soccer team fell a little bit short to uh, Paul's soccer team. <coughs> Thanks, Paul. I, I was going to use that as an illustration of our victory, but instead you can have it. <laughs> but we all felt victoriously. I mean, it's just kids. I felt real victorious last November when the Cubs won the World Series. Do you all remember when that happened? I might have said something about it at the time. But folks, that's nothing compared to the victory that Jesus Christ gives us every single day because he's alive and because he lives. So where do we have our victory? Where can we say that he lives today? Where? Three areas we're going to cover today briefly. Number one... He lives in my heart. We know this song, don't we? You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Amen to that as well. Folks, I don't know about you, but I want to be able to say every single day of my life that I belong to Jesus. He lives, therefore I belong to him. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18 says this. Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down in, into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Do you understand, folks? Do you understand why Jesus lives in our heart? Do you understand our responsibility? When we say that Jesus lives in my heart, do you understand that we have responsibilities to do today. The kindness, the love, the gentleness, our Christian behavior, our actions, our attitude, our behaviors that match our belief, our selflessness. All things that we must exhibit every day in our lives because we represent Christ. Because Jesus lives right here. He literally lives and he also really lives here in my life in our lives, or at least he should, or at least he should. I think we should be able to ask ourselves every day, am I taking my faith seriously? Am I showing 
that Jesus lives in my heart? Am I showing that it's about him? Or am I making it just about me? Guys, this is an urgent message. Church family, this is an emergency. When we think of emergency, I've used this the last couple of weeks, we think of maybe that SOS. What is SOS? Short, 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 long, long, long. Short, 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 long, long. Would anybody even know if they heard of SOS getting tapped out somewhere anymore? I probably wouldn't. There's always kind of bells and whistles going off my head somewhere or another. Don't repeat that. <laughs> you know, have you ever had that buzzing in your ear a little bit? Sometimes when we turn off everything at night and lay down to go to bed, and I'm like, Amy, do you hear that? And she's like, there's nothing there. Still kind of that buzzing from the TV or the computer or whatever the case may be. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about that, that literal Morse code of SOS. Emergency. Emergency. That's where our faith is. That urgent message. SOS. We've covered all three of these today through our songs and through what these men have said already. Serve, obey, and share. Do you have Jesus living in your heart? Do you understand by saying that you have Christ in your heart, you're saying you know how urgent this message is and that therefore we must serve, obey, and share? Serve him, obey him, and share him in all that you do. Fruit of the Spirit applies. The fruit of the Spirit applies. Here it comes. Even when you're on social media. The fruit of the Spirit applies even when you're driving your car. The fruit of the Spirit applies even when your basketball team loses. The fruit of the Spirit applies even when uh, Paul beats you at soccer. Right? The fruit of the Spirit applies every single day. Why? Because Jesus lives. And Jesus lives in our hearts. Where else does Christ live? In our minds. A couple of verses from Romans here that's going to talk about this. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. He lives in my mind when we look at Romans 8, 11, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is living in you. Think about that for a second. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about God, the Spirit, living here every day, every single day. We're talking about Jesus, our Lord, living here every single day. That's the kind of power that God used to raise the Son from the dead. It's a big responsibility for us. So you know what? We've got to be able to go forward boldly. We know what we need to do. And we need to continue to study this to know even more what we need to do. There shouldn't be a day go by in our lives where we don't pick this up and read something out of it. Now, I don't want any hands because I don't think I should see any. There's probably none of us that can say I've never missed a day. I've never skipped a day. I've never fallen short of my study. We could all do more, couldn't we? We could all read more. We could all learn more. We must continue to allow Christ to live in our minds and show this boldly. A few weeks ago, I already mentioned that we talked about fear. Let's read this. Uh, let me tell you this first. Remember Esther. We talked about Esther. How afraid she must have been when she approached King Xerxes. Remember Esther, she wasn't supposed to approach King Xerxes without being called for. That's how it worked back then, right? The king, you weren't allowed to approach him. The wives weren't allowed to approach the king unless the king called for him. Nowadays, it's reverse of that. Guys, we're not allowed to approach the queen unless she calls for us. 
At least a few of you agree with me on that. And the rest of you, you're going to learn. <laughs> but she had fear, and rightfully so, to approach that throne. Now let's read Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. That's the NLT, the NIV says, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence. Folks, it's time for us to stop living in fear as Christians. We've got to have Christ living in our minds today. We've got to get rid of that fear and we've got to live with confidence in our Lord, confidence in our faith, and confidence that he indeed lives today. Where else are we going to see that Christ lives? In our heart, in our mind. Do you know where I'm going here? Don't even know where to point. In my soul? In my soul? We don't know where that might be, but we know it's that most important part of us, that eternal part of us. And that makes a new creation of us. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Why? Because he lives today. Isn't it obvious? Isn't, isn't it obvious, people? Our responsibility, what we must do, what we have to do, our soul depends on it. We've got to believe. We've got to follow him. And I'm not talking about just saying, I believe that God exists. Man, there's more to it than that. There's more to it that even the demons believe that God exists and they shudder, like it says in the book of James. Even they know he's there. We're talking about active belief. We're talking about actions and attitude and behavior. We're talking about following that path of righteousness. We're talking about following that, that, that plan of salvation. There's no other name other than the name of Jesus. And why do we have this? Because he lives. Because he lives. We have salvation because he lives. Amen? Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, I know who holds my future. Because he lives, life is worth living. Salvation. So I have to ask you now, do you believe? Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe that he lives today? I want you to think about that. I'm not saying, do you believe he exists? I'm saying, do you believe in a way that is causing you to follow Jesus and allow him to live in your heart and your soul and in your mind? I know that we all want to say that we do. But I, all, but I also know that we all need to do more in our lives every day to show this. How's your prayer life? How's your church life? How are you behaving outside of these walls? Have you been selfless? Have you really been kind? Have you been obedient? Are you sharing him? Are you serving him? Do you believe? And wherever you're at right now, we're going to do the three R's. I want you to think about this. You've got to realize that you can do more. Or you've got to realize that you need to believe. Rethink your position in life and resolve to follow Jesus. Guys, there's no other way. 
There is no other way than that. Right now, if you think you've got a better plan than realizing that you're a sinner, rethinking your path in life and resolving to follow Christ, I'm telling you, you're missing the boat because he lives today because he arose. Hallelujah! Christ arose. Oh, he, he, low in the grave he laid indeed for just a few days, for just a few hours, taking our punishment for a few hours. But folks, Christ lives forever. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's really simple there what the Apostle Paul says, isn't it? I've been crucified with Christ. My old self is gone. I didn't have to take that pain. I didn't have to take that punishment. I didn't have to literally be hung on a cross. I didn't have to literally rise from the grave. Jesus did that for me. So that I no longer live. Christ lives in me. Does he in you? It's a real easy thing to say, isn't it? Sit here and say, Jesus lives in me. And folks, we've got to show it in our lives every day that we live for him. He lived for you. He died for you. And if there's one thing I want you to remember from today's sermon, we've got to live for Jesus. He's in our heart. He's in our mind. He's in our soul. So shouldn't we be living for him? Now stop and think about this one for a second. Are you? Would you please bow with me? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for giving us your son who laid down his life for us, who conquered death for us. Lord, thank you so very, very much for letting us know that Jesus lives Lord, help us to let him live through us every day. Lord, help us to do this boldly and confidently and urgently. Lord, we know that our salvation depends on it. Help us now, Lord, to go forward, ready to serve you, to obey you, and to share you. Lord, I ask right now that you will help each and every one of us allow Christ to live through us even more every single day of our lives. We ask all these things in the most precious and awesome name of Jesus Christ. Amen.